What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because they take you to fantastic worlds where, shock horror, a wizard can pick a lock. What are we talking about today? Well, uh, my new caller that I had in a previous episode, the Pink Phantom, Greg, his call in about um, party balance and niche protection as long as well as my response to that has generated some calls, which is awesome. I love it. It's it's getting the conversation. Um, and recently uh, I listened to the latest episode of Ray Otis's podcast, Plundergrounds, where he goes into a lot of different methods for rolling skill checks in games and when you should use them and when you should not. And uh, there were some calls and Daniel called in to talk about how there are things in the game like Daniel would never let a wizard try and pick a lock and all that stuff. And Ray's episode really helped to clarify my thoughts on the idea of party balance and niche protection. But first, before I get into that, let's hear these responses to my responses to the Pink Phantom. So, who's up first? Jason, it's you, dude. Hey, Drew, Jason here. Just want to say, really enjoyed Pink Phantom's call. And I totally agree with Greg there. And I think it is probably definition issue. And we know you've had definition issues in the past, my friend. I love you, Joe, but, you know, think about player skill. Think about some of these other definition problems. You, you know what I mean? Gatekeeping. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just want to say it's really cool that Greg's calling in shows. And, yeah, let me go listen to John's call. Yeah, dude, I do have a problem with definition sometimes for sure. Like when people use hugely broad terms like player skill and then try and apply this like laser focused definition to it. It'd be like if you said someone was good at basketball, but you only meant they were good at shooting three pointers. Like being good at basketball means so much more than being good at shooting three pointers. Sports ball. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. That Greg's call was awesome. So let's hear more about how amazing the Pink Phantom was from our buddy Free Thrall. Hey, Joe, just listening to your new caller there. Apologies, I can't remember their name right now. But um, I think they're onto something with this difference between uh, niche protection and party balance. Because if you don't have enough players to cover the core classes, then rules is written with niche niche protection is going to prevent you from having a balanced party. So there are going to be things that your party might need to do that they're not going to be able to. So, I mean, obviously you can work around that and play and think of alternatives. But um, I just think there's something there that highlights the difference between niche protection and party balance. I hope that makes sense. Your message made perfect sense, Spencer, and it was that message, <clears throat> excuse me, along with, like I said, the latest episode of Plundergrounds, latest episode of Time of Recording, of course, um, that sort of crystallized my thinking on niche protection. And yeah, it turns out, I don't like it. <laughs> I do not like it. Um Yeah, I guess all the fantasy I like and that I try and emulate in my games 
doesn't have niche protection. You know, you look at Conan, there's no niche protection there. He's all sorts. He's a fighter. He's a thief. He's all kinds of crazy shit. He can do everything. You look at um, Elric of Melnibane. Melnibane. Uh, that's that's fun to say. People say it weird. People say it different all the time. I've heard it like eight different ways. That's the easiest way for me to pronounce it. And I still stumble over it. But there's no niche protection there. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, if uh, for folks, if you've read the uh, Malazan Book of the Fallen series by Steven Erickson, no niche protection there. There's this group of assassin mages that are just like the baddest MFers on the planet. They're awesome, and they use their magic to augment and enhance their murder, and they're just cool as shit, and you couldn't have that in a game with strong niche protection. So, yeah, you know, because it would also just, like, play and it would just pull me out of the fiction, you know? Why can't a wizard learn how to pick a lock? That's, that's weird to me that they can't learn. They might not be great at it, but they, that they can't learn how to pick a lock? Like, it seems that would kind of go along with being magical. I could see those two going hand in hand. Why can't everyone learn how to hide in shadows? I just, yeah, I don't know. To me, it breaks the immersion, strong niche protection. So, yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you for helping me clarify my thoughts on a thing. You and Ray, not that you were trying to do that, but you did, and I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you again to the Pink Phantom, Greg. That was dope. I hope you call in about some more stuff. But, Spencer, you're not done yet. You got more to say. Hi, Joe. Check you out. 300 episodes? Boy, was I not paying attention. When did that happen? Well, I know when that happened. But, um, yeah, impressive stuff, man. Congratulations. What are you, the hardest working man in podcasting? Well, no, that's let's not kid ourselves. That's probably Jason, isn't it? But uh, you're way up there, buddy. You're way up there. Keep up the great work, man. Bye. <laughs> thank you spencer but no i am certainly not the hardest working man in podcasting but since you did bring him up let's hear from him again dude you teased calls from colin and darren and didn't play them where's my shield talk right here my dude <laughs> yeah i did tease calls from colin and darren and john about shields and that's exactly right Advertising works. I love advertising. No, I hate advertising. <laughs> but we are going to talk more about Shields right now. And um, to start off, I'm going to play a clip from one of Colin's calls that I played the entirety of when he left all those messages about all the cool reasons to use a shield. Because the first message that I'm going to play afterwards is from John Allen Large. And he's responding to that this particular segment from those calls. So instead of me you know, trying to remember exactly what Colin said, I'll let you hear it from him. All right. And how are you going to convince me that you've got a, say, 18 uh, charisma if your hairstyle is all wet and all flopping down your face and you do, it's not looking cool. You need your shield to keep the rain off your hairstyle, all right? Um, you're not going to win over any of your followers and you're not going to get that loyalty without a, a nice, crisp-looking haircut, all right? So the shield 
can can keep off the worst of the rain and the uh, the effects of the weather. Yeah, so you'll remember that I defended the fact that you don't need to have a dry, crisp haircut to look sharp <laughs> in my previous episode. But what does John Allen Large have to say about what Spike Pit dropped right there? Got to admit, I don't know what uh, Spike Pit was on about with all this, uh, you know, luscious locks. So you've got to have to get that charisma. As a dwarf player, I'm all about being grumpy, drinking, but still having those lovely ringleted beards. And a nice big shield, probably with like a hammer or an anvil, or like one of those cool, like angular GW style, like dwarven rune faces on it. That's the sort of stuff I'm about. Although, to be honest, Dick don't take Colin, but I'm more in the sort of troll slayer line, so I'm more sort of bright orange Mohican, no shields, and like the all over, like woad style of tattoos. But that's just me, keep it under your hat. And as for not being able to have like a high charisma when you've got like wet hair, man. Has he not seen those like adverts on TV, certainly over here in the UK, for things like shampoo and that? There's always people in like waterfalls, like throwing their hair about and stuff like that. And there is a distinct surplus of moisture in those adverts. And most of them don't seem to be lacking any charisma. So I think, you know, L'Oreal, because you're worth it. That's right, John. You are worth it, dude. Absolutely worth it. Get those wet ringlets swishing around, man. Under the waterfall, water streaming down, hairs all mussed up, dude. Looking sexy AF, man. <laughs> I'm all about the troll slayer mohawk, dude. With the woad tattoos, I am for it, man. Those were those were awesome calls, John. That was rad. We got more to say about shields, though. Uh, Darren Green, brother of Spike Pit, has called in. He, I'll, I'll I'll let him talk. I'll let him talk. Darren, take it away, my friend. When I heard that my brother had called into your show to uh, talk to you about shields, I thought I wouldn't need to ring in. But I feel there's still a little bit to be said. When I'm making up a character, um, I think I always like to challenge myself and make my characters different. If I was in the same situation with the same amount of money and the same availability of armor and weapons, etc., I'd like to think that every time I would use different options. So I wouldn't want to always have the same amount of money and just go for the best AC option. I would have different types of characters, ones that potentially would use a two-handed weapon or maybe use two sort of single one-handed weapons to fight in a different style. I think a lot of warriors historically would always be seen with a shield, so I think a lot of my fighter characters would have a shield. So, yeah, many of my characters, if they were fighters, I think would have a shield just for defending themselves, obviously. Um, if they were coming up against ranged combat um, assailants, they'd be able to, you know, parry arrows coming in or or as you see them in films and stories, hiding behind that shield as arrows rain down on them. Thematically, for me, that always seems more appropriate than someone running across a battlefield with just lots of heavy armour. So, yeah. I, w I would always go for a shield as, as a standard, but obviously, like I said, I've played characters that use large two-handed weapon barbarian-type characters, and I've chosen more stealthy, lightly armoured guys that have 
two hand weapons so obviously the option is up to the player but would always be looking to play different styles and lastly role playing uh, there's so many times I can think back where I've used the shield to dig a hole or to block a, a passageway or an entrance where some creatures burrow in its way out or to carry some sort of uh, liquid or object on a shield um, to reflect an image or see see it use it as a mirror if it's a metal shield there's so many role-playing opportunities uh, and I think the older games would normally look for that sort of opportunity with more descriptive narrative um, so I think just having a shield as a versatile object or tool is also something that's been overlooked in this discussion and it's very very much sort of just AC related and facts and figures. So more role playing, more role playing, more role playing. Dude, absolutely, Darren. You're you're a hundred percent right. And again, again, I love shields. I got no beef with shields, man. Uh you bring up using a shield as a mirror and yeah, you know, one of the iconic scenes with shields is when Perseus uses the shield to get a good view of uh, Medusa and then tricks her into does he trick her into turning herself to... No, he cuts her head off. He cuts her goddamn head off. What am I talking about? Anyway, Clash of the Titans is amazing. Um, and yeah, so as far as like mechanic, the idea of using a shield to parry arrows and running across the battlefield with your shield under heavy missile fire, I've never really seen that reflected all that well in role-playing games, except, except... In Death Trap Dungeon. Let's bring it back to Death Trap Dungeon. So, you have a shield in Death Trap. You start off with a shield in Death Trap Dungeon. Uh, and there's a place... There's probably more than one place. But there are... There's at least one place where... If you do something stupid, like I chose to do... You lose your shield. And later on in the adventure... There is a part where you face a monster that can throw a bunch of spikes at you. And if you don't have your shield, you're screwed. But if you do, you don't take any damage. And that right there, I was like, God damn it. This book is so good. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, man, you, Darren, everything you listed was an absolute awesome reason to use a shield. Um, so thank you for that, man. Cause again, I love shields and coming up with fun ways to use shields is really cool. And like I mentioned before, there are some really cool magic shields that you can get. There's shields that float next to you and like, you know, you don't even have to carry them. The shield I talked about with the lion's head that can bite people. Like there's all kinds of cool shields. Shields are totally cool for sure. It's just weird that in rule cyclopedia, there doesn't seem other than role playing reasons. So yes, okay, there are lots of reasons to use a shield, but from a mechanical point of view, there doesn't really seem to be a reason to use a shield in Rule Cyclopedia. Not all D and D, just Rule Cyclopedia. But dude, thank you so much for the calls, Darren. It's always great to hear from you. That was awesome, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right, let me let me get out of here. Yeah, so I guess when I say I don't like niche protection, 
What I mean is I don't see how it adds to the fun. I don't see how limiting a player and their choices of what they can do with their character adds to the fun. It adds to something, right? It adds to... I don't know what genre that is where only certain types of people can do certain things, you know? Like, wizards can't pick locks. What? Where is that genre? I don't know what genre that is, but... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, to me, it seems limiting. It seems like you're taking tools out of the toolbox. Ah, I don't know. Anyway, shields are cool. <laughs> shields are totally cool. Uh, you don't need you don't need dry hair to have lovely locks. <laughs> it's been an awesome episode. It's been fun. Thank you so much to Darren and to Jason and to John. Spencer, thanks very much, Free Thrall, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and Colin, thanks for making a sneaky peek on this episode, too, my friend. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Shields and niches, man. That was fun. That was a good time, right? <laughs> anyway, everybody. Oh, yeah. Have fun. Have a good time out there. Get some games in. And, uh, yeah, until next time, peace out.